Our scripture today is Genesis 22, verses 1 through 14. It's a, it's a long one and a disturbing one. After these things, God tested Abraham, and he said to him, Abraham? And he said, Here I am. He said, Take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on the mountain, on one of the mountains that I shall show you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled up his donkey and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. He cut the wood for the burnt offering and he set out and went to the place in the distance that God had shown him. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place far away. Then Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. The boy and I will go over there. We will worship. Then we will come back to you. So Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and laid it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife. So the two of them walked on together. And Isaac said to his father, Abraham, Father? And he said, Here I am, my son. He said, The fire and the wood are here, but uh, where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. The two of them walked on together. When they came to the place that God had shown him, Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order. He bound up his son Isaac, laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to kill his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. He said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place the Lord will provide, as it is said to this day, on the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. 
here I am. Three of the most beautiful and iconic words that uh, everyone from preachers to prophets to farmers to teachers to uh, any follower that receives a call from God uh, to respond, here I am. Uh, All the way from uh, here, uh, Abraham's conversation with God to uh, Isaac's answer as a call, as a prophet in the Old Testament to Uh, Even the small instances that each one of us have of feeling like God has called us to an opportunity. And and in that moment, we chose to say yes. Uh, I've had my own uh, kind of wrestling with these words as well and and answering my call to ministry and and the steps of faith that I've taken in my lives. These three words are uh, sort of transformative for me. Uh, one of my favorite hymns uh, that, that comes out of traditional worship, uh, Here I Am, Lord, uh, is one that, that always stirs up that, that, that first feeling that I had when I felt like God was calling me into ministry. Uh, Here I Am are uh, beautiful, uh, beautiful words, <laughs> but they are hard words. Uh, they are difficult, difficult words. They're uh, they're implying that, that we're being asked to go somewhere that we are not quite there yet, uh, but our willingness to step out uh, in those moments of not knowing exactly where God is leading us or where God is asking us to go. Uh, here I am uh, means uh, that we have shown up where God has called us to be. It implies that there could have been other places that we could have gone and that there's these difficult moments in life where uh, people have asked us for help or people have uh, noticed that, that, that we have an opportunity or a gift that we can bring to a moment. Uh, and instead of walking in the opposite direction, instead of passing people by, uh, instead we showed up. We came to the door Uh, We knelt down, we reached out, and when somebody asked, is there anybody there? Does anybody care? Can anybody see me? Those faithful words of here I am can change lives. Now, over the last month and, and through the month of July, we're preaching through the book of Genesis, and Revisiting some of those first stories of our faith, those, uh, those Genesis moments of God's promise of creation, of, of movement and story and of wind and of fire and of dust and dirt and God having uh, ideas of, of what it means to be in love with us and shaping those ideas into to moments and opportunities and faces and lives and breathing life into them and calling us good. And so through the, 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 the stories of, of Genesis, we, we get some of those, those first glimpses of the way that our relationship with God was uh, first wrestled out of dust and deserts and gardens and wilderness of uh, doubt and promise. And in some way, by revisiting those first stories of our faith in Genesis, uh, we somehow begin to realize that, that our faith is part of something so incredibly beautiful a legacy and a promise of wherever God has called us to, God has already met us there when we showed up. That God shows up every single time. 
So that brings us in the stories of Abraham that we've been moving through uh, to one of the most iconic stories that comes out of the Jewish scriptures in the Old Testament. Uh, One of the most controversial ones of as often as we've read stories of uh, does God show up? Now we get a moment of wrestling with the question of will Abraham show up? Uh, This story has been used in ways that has questioned the character and the nature of God of uh, what kind of loving God uh, would, would ask a parent uh, who, who just lost a son, Ishmael, last week, uh, to now offer his son Isaac as, uh, as a sacrifice. It's been used to um, condemn uh, and affirm um, sort of abusive relationships in, in all sorts of problematic ways. But it becomes a story of sacrifice, of trust, of doubt, which, which in a lot of ways sounds like most of our relationships with God, a wrestling of what is God up to and where is God calling us to go? Uh, this scripture to me in the, the way that I've kind of wrestled with it this week is um, it's, it's almost like a dance. Um, and in a dance, there's kind of two different sides to it. We get Abraham's side as Abraham up to this point has kind of had an up and down relationship with God that he has stepped out on faith in uh, some pretty incredible moments in his life. Uh, But he's also had some some struggles and some questions of doubt. Uh, There's been moments where he's been willing to step out and there's been moments where he was willing to step back. And at this point, In the embodiment of the promise that God and Abraham have come, we now have his only son now at this point, Isaac, the embodiment of that promise. And so if this promise is going to come to fruition, if this promise through Isaac is going to grow into the people of God, then we need to know we can trust each other. And so we get this call of God asking for Abraham to take his one and only son to the Mount Moriah and offer him as a sacrifice. Now, if some preachers say that there is an easy way to interpret this text, um, you need to pray for those preachers. Because <laughs> I, have, I have wrestled with this text all through this week and every other time uh, that I have ever preached it. And and what I come to every single time is that this is hard. And God's call in our lives is often so very hard. And, and, And so we get this answer that Abraham has when God calls him uh, to, to go and to do this. Uh, Three different times through the text, Abraham's response is, here I am. And some commentaries, they they seem to try to, in my eyes, kind of take the easy way out. They say the scripture really only calls for him to present Isaac as an offering. 
It doesn't tell Abraham to kill Isaac. Well, Abraham seemed to have missed the message on that one because he brought a pretty sharp knife with him. Now, uh, other commentarians, they, they kind of wrestled that this is more of a poetic and more of a metaphorical story. And, and for Christians, it, uh, maybe it foreshadows uh, the sacrifice and the crucifixion of Jesus. And I could see that. Uh, I could see some parallels with that. But, but it seems more likely that this is a story of everybody wondering who is going to show up. We don't really get Abraham's state of mind. We don't really get what's going on in Abraham uh, when God asked Abraham to do this. All that we know is that Abraham prepares for the journey, travels three days to get to the mountain, brings everything that he needs, and gets to the point of raising up his arm. And in my mind, praying to God that God shows up. You get the hints of that. You, you, get the, you get the hints of when they get to the mountain and they leave the other men behind that, that he says, me and the boy will go off and we will worship and we will come back. You get the idea that that we was more than deception, but instead was hope. You get the idea that, that, that Abraham is saying, if God has asked me to come to this moment, if God is asking me to take everything that he has promised me and lay it at the altar, then by God, will God surely show up? Now, we as readers of the text, uh, we're kind of in on the secret. We're kind of in on that divine secret that, that it mentions at the very beginning that this is a test of Abraham. And so we get to really begin to see, uh, I wonder how this is going to end up. But what doesn't become abundantly clear through the text, but, but if you read between the lines, it sees that this is not just a test of Abraham, this is a test of God. That God is wondering if Abraham will show up. That God is saying, I have created the embodiment of this promise. I have set the stage. All I need is for the faithful to show up. And if we can trust each other to show up, even in the hardest and the most difficult of moments, then this promise has a chance to change this world, to rewrite the fabric of creation, if we can trust each other. And so as much as Abraham, I believe, is praying that God shows up, I imagine God who has put everything on the line, who has put God's promise on the line, that Abraham will show up as well. And it shows a vulnerability of God that we have not seen in Scripture up to this point. And it captures one of the most incredible moments of confusion, of doubt, of struggle, of fear, of terror. That even in those darkest and most questioning moments of everything that the promises of God have brought us to this point. That there is always going to be moments of life that bring those promises back into question every single day. And who will show up? As Abraham shows up, and as God shows up, 
They come together into that single moment to embrace the seed and the beginning and the genesis of the promise that will blossom in such a way that it will change the rest of time. This marks a beginning point in the story of Abraham's future and his legacy and of the people of God. Every other story that follows this story in the scriptures is all about the growth and the expansion of the love and the willing and the grace of God to show up. But it's this moment that's the turning point. And this particular chapter captures the last conversation between Abraham and and God that's recorded in scriptures. Up to this point, they seem to speak freely. In fact, God bounces ideas off of Abraham at different times. But after this moment, it almost seems to imply that nothing else needs to be said. Nothing else seems to be negotiated or wrestled with. That if you were willing to come this far, and you find that God is already there in those deepest and darkest moments, and you're still willing to show up, then anything is possible. But there's dangers. There's dangers in us getting it wrong. And I am overjoyed that Isaac made it off that mountain. I love the way the story turns out. But one of the other kind of darker turns to the story that we don't really talk about is most scholars, um, they believe that this particular mountain, Mount Moriah, here in this part of the world, comes to be known as a couple other names through history. Uh, one of the other names is Mount Zion. A more modern name that you might recognize is the Temple Mount. This becomes the foundation of where David believes uh, that, that God is calling him to build the temple. This becomes uh, the foundation of where Solomon will build the temple. This is the moment that you can pilgrimage to Jerusalem today and stand on what most scholars believe to be the foundation of this story. Uh, but if you go today, uh, you'll be watched over by men holding machine guns in one of the most fought after and bloodied and most valuable piece of real estate in the entire world. Of the dangers of what it looks like when, when we decide to value the story more than the promise of what we believe that we need this future to look like. That Abraham seemed to get it right in this moment. But it seems over time, through the course of history, we've taken the lessons of this mountain and this rock and have turned them into war and division. That we've shown just how far we can go when we decide that we want the story to be about us rather than about God. 
Because when God calls us to show up, it all unravels if we show up and say, but I still want it my way. This walk of faith is a dance and it's a negotiation. It's this constant step towards God of of we as faith saying, I don't exactly know where this is all headed. But I believe that God is already going to be there when I get there. And all that I've come to know of the character and the nature of God, of love, of grace, uh, of the fact that God is always there when I need God the most. I believe that I'm willing to leave everything else behind and trust that the promise that God has placed on our lives is enough to bring us to that moment and still find the grace, the love, and the promise that God has always delivered time and time again. God make God's self vulnerable by entrusting us with that promise. God has brought us to the tops of mountain parts and he has brought us into the lowest parts of the valleys of the shadow of death and still entrusted us with the promise to carry this to the world. And we know that God will show up. But the question is always, are we willing to show up? And the faithful moments of when we come across those that are in need, Those faithful moments when we come to those parts of life that are so incredibly hard and difficult. And God says, are you willing to bring a bit of life, of hope, of grace, even when it might cost you everything? Are we willing to raise our hands and say, here I am, Lord. Amen and amen. Will you pray with me this morning? Almighty and gracious God, we give you thanks. We give you thanks, Lord, because you have never called us to a place that you are not willing to go. Lord, you have called us to the tops of mountains. You have called us to some of the most lowest valleys that we can possibly imagine, some of the darkest circumstances of this world. But God, you have always met us there before we ever even realized Lord, it is your grace, it is your love, it is your promise that you've entrusted us with and you have made yourself vulnerable that we might show up for you too. And so Lord, may your promise come to life this week. May we find ourselves in any number of situations and still say, here I am, Lord, please send me. That we might be the carriers of your story, your grace, your redemption, and your salvation. That we're willing to sacrifice all the things in this life that hold us back. All the things that look like our plans and our ideas. And Lord, join together with you in a trust that is worth both of us showing up and becomes the story of our salvation. Amen and amen.